Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. For our first clip here in the best of on Minus 3 with myself, Dave Damashek, and Kevin Hench, we get into why Mr. Relvin Brock Purdy does actually have a case to an NFL MVP. I don't think Brock Purdy should be the MVP because... Um, of the word value right there in the title. I think Brock Purdy is good. I think his specific skill set is the perfect fit for what Kyle Shanahan's offense is, is supposed to do what it wants to do. I still think there are other cats out there that could probably approximate that level of success. Kyle Shanahan in a league where it was announced three or five years ago, don't use any first round picks on running backs. Don't spend big money. Don't trade away assets. The guy who is known for making any running back with a pulse look good went out of his way a couple of years ago to trade for Christian McCaffrey. That's good evidence that the smartest guy when it comes to making a running back go and making him look good felt it's worth it to go out of our way to get this guy out of Carolina is great evidence of the value of CMC. To me, I will keep saying that he's the straw that stirs the drink. Whoever wins that Ravens-Niners game, I think the victor is also going to get MVP, whether it's Lamar Jackson or from the Niners winning side. The only hash left to be settled is it CMC or Purdy. It sure feels like it's going to be Purdy. But either way, I like Brock Purdy as my GOAT this week because he provided a great life lesson, not in terms of football, but going forward. We, we just talked about it. You heard that actor you just said, said something mean about Tim Allen. Unnecessary, contentious. Look at what Brock Purdy did. They asked him, hey, are you the MVP? Said the said the gathered reporters. No, no, I think it's Christian McCaffrey. Now, it doesn't make a difference if Brock Purdy actually believes that. It's not going to sway anything. It only makes him look like a great fella. And that's what you want in life. Hey, people look you, oh, well, you have an ulterior motive. Yeah, as they say, there is no pure charity in this world. You get something out of everything you do. Um, so I say, let's celebrate the savvy. Like a 10-year vet, Brock Purdy, knows better than to say like, yeah, good luck doing this without me in there. No, no, it's like, nah, it's everybody else. I'm just a, I'm just a lucky schnook. Enjoying the ride. That's the way to play it, everybody. Good stuff, right, Hench? Well, absolutely. Um, and, and and you know, saying I think McCaffrey is the MVP 
garnered Purdy some MVP votes. That's like right. very That's what I'm gaging, saying. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like he's he knows what he's doing. Um, I think th- there is a system, and and Purdy is benefiting from the system, and obviously um, Montana Rice, you benefit from the other guy. You can't separate. You know, you're, you're playing it on a team. So Purdy benefits from McCaffrey, obviously running wheel routes, blocking, you know, running the ball. But when you look at Purdy's yards per attempt numbers, I mean, I'm a McCaffrey guy. I would vote for McCaffrey. But the company Purdy is in with the the crazy 9.9 yards per attempt or whatever he's at is so insane in Hall of Fame that we weren't saying is Jimmy Garoppolo the MVP of the league when he was playing in the same system for Shannon? Yeah, that's a so, great, that's a, that's so a great I'm, point. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bellyache whichever one of those Niners wins it. I do wish that non quarterbacks had a fairer shake in the voting. So, so I, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in the, in the Allen page uh, MVP, you know, like that, that there can be guys that don't play quarterback that can be the MVP, but, uh, Brock Purdy having a, a historically great season. Uh, and as to your point, giving a historically great answer to, to a question, just immediately that's leadership turning the, the to turning it to your teammate. That's, that's uh savvy leadership. You know, Sheck, me and you were talking about it on Twitter, like the MVP race and is it Lamar or whatever? Um, and, you know, for a large portion of the season, it was basically like, is it Dag, is it Purdy, Lamar, whatever. And when you when you like look at the word value, obviously, like I said, I think it has to be either CMC, uh, Cedar Stroud, just because of where the Texans were and what they are now with him uh, or Tyree Kill. If Tyree Kill eclipses 2000 yards, it's crazy to me that a guy can have a record breaking season and then still not even be considered for the award. So it's usually the award now is just a really good quarterback on a, on a very good team. Um, Don't you think it's weird to interrupt you to say that, that Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant is now being celebrated, but the first round pick Tua is not, it's like, well, he's just, he's just, you know, benefiting from circumstance, but Brock Purdy, now that guy, if you don't get it with Brock Purdy, you don't get football, but two is like, yeah, he just happens to be there. And a lot of QBs would be doing the same thing. Isn't that kind of weird? Anyway, continue. Well, yeah, but then like what Hench was saying before, like I saw I was looking into Purdy and seeing that he's leading the league with 29 touchdown passes, only has seven interceptions, a quarterback rating of 119, uh, almost a 70% completion percentage, like, and then yards per attempt, 9.9, almost a double-digit yards per attempt, which is crazy. And he's only losing to two in yards. Uh, he's at 3,700, almost at 3,800 yards passing. And the real like clincher to me, or you know, I guess this is good on the on the 49ers for like a, the deal of a century, is like a, a tweet's been going viral that I saw that Arch Manning made 3.2 million dollars in NIL money at Texas this year, just being a backup. Mm. Only played a few snaps um, in their blowout win uh, a couple weeks ago. But Brock Purdy, you know, number one seed Niners odds favorite to win MVP, is uh, making 870 thousand for this uh, football season in 2023, which is obviously still a lot of money. I would love to have that paycheck, but in, in terms of NFL salaries, like he's in the super, super low end there. Um, and it is funny that like, you know, Will Brinson on Monday said like, you know, the, the Fortnite's want to pat themselves on their back, but they did let him go 
you know, seven rounds without taking him. So they, they do look smart drafting him and playing him, whatever. But my main point of why he is my good goat is obviously outside of like the bang for your buck with the money and then leading the NFL in most categories. Once his name was put into this NFL MVP discussion, it's like, and we're not guilty of this, but like other media outlets and people love to say like, you know, system quarterback, put anyone else there. He's fine. It's like, well, then why is he beating all these other quarterbacks in every single stat? And it's like, I don't think that if you put, you know, player X on this team, they would be exactly where they are with him. And I, I don't understand why we have to take away from a guy instead of just being like, yeah, he's having a good season. Like if Lamar Jackson wins, wins the MVP, we're not going to go back and be like, Oh, that fantastic Lamar 2023 season. Whereas I feel like if Brock Purdy does win it, and again, I would vote I'm in the CMC camp. I'm in the Tyree kill camp. But if, if Brock Purdy does win it, I will be like, Oh yeah, that's great. Mr. Irrelevant who had uh, insane stats all year long and was the number one seed like that to me, at least makes a little bit more sense. I just don't understand why we have to skew to the negative and kind of, you know, uh, uh, crush this guy for going above and beyond when he was never even supposed to be close to where he is right now in the league. He was not supposed to be a starting quarterback for the best team in the NFL. He was supposed to be probably a career backup if he was lucky to get off the practice squad. Um, So I I have to give him my good go because he's just gone above and beyond and seeing that college players who are backup quarterbacks make a lot more money than he does um, to me. Well, then how about, how about the other goat? How about to marry this up within at the other end of the spectrum, not goat greatest of all time, but the goat is, all the scouts. This is machine 365 trying to evaluate the college, uh, the college kids and who projects to be an NFL QB. How did this happen in 2023? Didn't we have Tom Brady a quarter century ago? I mean, that was a different time. The obsession with football and the transition from college to the NFL in the quarterback league and the importance of the quarterback has only heightened in the last 20 some years. How did another guy slip through the cracks like this? It's insane. I mean, obviously Brock Purdy, you know, like Trey Lance, not a lot of game film. Brock Purdy, ton of game (laughs) film. A ton of game film at Iowa State. Um, You know, Jake Browning won 39 games at Washington. You know, it is wild that that there's still, I mean, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a piece about it, that it's still a complete crapshoot, that nobody has figured out, do these throws translate? And one thing I would say, piggybacking on what Spaghetti said, it's like, okay, there's the system, but look at the throws. I mean, look at the throws Purdy's making. Like that that time he dropped into Debo, uh, you know, on a deep ball. Like these are not, I mean, yes, He'll, you know, he'll he'll hit C-Mac in the flat and 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 McCaffrey will make a 40-yard a gain out of it. But a lot of these timing throws are medium to deep throws that are on the money. Like he's throwing guys open. It, it is crazy. And surgery on his moneymaker. Like, I don't like, I'm like, wow, how nerve-wracking. For our next clip here in the best of during lemon pepper parlay, Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels discuss why they both believe the Los Angeles Chargers head coaching gig may not be the most attractive job this offseason. One thing we do have to touch on first. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a team lay down like uh, like the Los Angeles Chargers did on Thursday night. That was special. Oh, yeah. You know, I always, these Thursday games, I always it'd be so far removed. I almost forgot that they allow 63 points to put on them and gave up on their coach. I didn't think it was going to come out after the halftime. 
Oh yeah, we gotta talk about that for a little bit because you know that was special. That was really special. That was a special, like I'm just here to not get fined by coming to work and doing the bare minimum. We all can relate. We've all had those days where you're just going to work and you do literally the bare minimum that you can to keep your job. Well, the players did that. Brandon Staley did class. That was a master class by the Chargers players, <laughs> for sure. And I saw your take. I, I want to see if you can bring it onto this beautiful platform. And I, I agree with you about that Chargers head coaching job not being this attractive job as people make it seem to be. And it's only because, well, they got the quarterback. Well, yeah, you got the quarterback, but it, around what? What do you have surrounding him? <laughs> and then, I mean, the team, the roster, that's why the GM is fired too, right? So the roster we know is not uh, top of the line, top of the line, even though we seem to fall in love with it every every offseason. We had this argument a few weeks ago. You were like, no, the you're Chargers right. Are the you you made me realize it's, it's really the names. I get caught like, up like, No, let's, let's, yeah. let, like, let's play virtual GM and you tell me how many Chargers you pick over the rest of the league. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a lot of, not a lot of options there. But um, Easton Stick. How about that? No one was clamoring for him to come play football for you. <laughs> but the other thing is Patrick Mahomes is 30 and four straight up against the AFC West in his career. That's crazy. 30 and four. I had to look it up twice. Statmuse.com. But he's 30 and four. So like, yeah. So the last 34 games that the Chiefs have played, they've been winners of the AFC West just by default, right? Because one of those losses came this year. Denver. Yeah, I guess Denver, yeah. Right? So yeah. there you go. Then on top of that, you got a Hall of Fame coach in Denver right now, speaking of Sean Payton, who has a team that was one of the worst in football last year, competing at a pretty high level, even though they got the, – the, the thing about the Broncos is they can only win one way. So if they can enforce that will, if they can run the ball – for 150 yards on you, 175 yards on you, keep Russell Wilson to under like 23 pass attempts offensively, yeah. that's the mix that they're looking for. If they can do that, if they get out of script, it's a wrap and the thing will spiral and all of a sudden then you see Sean Payton scolding Russell Wilson like a child on the sidelines, which, <laughs> whoa. But uh, that right there is two major obstacles just ask Mike Tomlin how hard it is to go to the Super Bowl or make the playoffs when you're advancing the playoffs when you're dealing with a Hall of Fame coach on the other side. Like Bill Belichick, who's Mike Tomlin's biggest freaking problem in his career is that Bill Belichick has been in the same, like right there in the same uh, conference. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back 
as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dave Damashek and Sarah Tiana were once again joined by comedian Mark Ellis on Extra Points. Sarah has some words for Jason Kelsey, who was finally penalized for moving the ball, and Mark Ellis weighs in on the tush push, a.k.a. the brotherly shove. One way or the other, Mama Kelsey is surely... uh, prouder of her sons than Mo <laughs> Damashek is of hers. I want to talk about the Kelsey's. We do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, not the, not the one who's dating Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Now I got got a couple days ago. Cause I thought Hunter oh. Henry, the Patriots tight end at the podium after the game, he made some cutesy remark about hey, bringing some attention to tight ends. Finally, I, but <sighs> there was, there was a trolling account out there that made it sound like he had said something, uh, untowards about Taylor Swift or whatever. And uh, that wasn't true. But that does bring me to Jason Kelsey. And Tiana, you texted over the weekend to say you wanted to weigh in on the elder Kelsey, the one from Philly. How say you? I cannot believe how much he moves the ball. Like, I, I never seen that clip of him re-spotting the ball before they do the brotherly shove. And it it wasn't a couple inch it was a yard like it was a full yard like 
And then he finally got called for it. And he admitted that they had been warning him about it for years, like not just games, years. Hmm. And that is so insane to me that they have just let that happen. Nobody else feels like this is I feel like this is I think one it of the is. most insane things I've ever seen in football. Well, I'm of two minds because I bellyache endlessly along with Kevin Hench on minus three about officiating and how these somehow mm -hmm. that it fully has switched over in their brains and in the league partners brains, apparently, that the true superstars are the referees. They get the most shine. They mm -hmm. get the most attention on Sunday and on Monday mornings at this point, even. They can over they can even overshadow maybe the two biggest non quarterback stars mm -hmm. in pro football, the Kelsey brothers. It's now come to their door to have to deal with this. But I'm with you completely. Mark Ellis, where are you on the tush push? You're a Washington football fan. So surely <laughs> you are aggrieved by it. It's it's like watching the inevitable happen. Like, you know, that when when they have the ball and they're going down the field on your defense, you know that they have four downs. And it's so frustrating yeah. that all they have to do is get to fourth and three and they're probably going to convert. I do like that because, yeah, he moves the ball all the time. And like it, it, when you first become a football fan, there's things that you notice right away. One of my earliest memories of watching a football game is seeing our center, Jeff Bostic take the ball and spin it around and like get it comfortable in his hands. And I just remember mm -hmm. thinking, you can do that. You can touch the ball like that. That's legal. And so we're kind of used to seeing centers touch it, but he just has this cool little three card, this shell game that he does with mm -hmm. the ball where it's, it's ooze and ahs, but you don't notice it's moving up until it got whistled on Monday night. So it was a big, uh, you know, false start penalty is what they called because he moved the ball forward. So finally they're cracking down on that because he's been doing that way. Kadarius Tony's been lining up off sides all season long. And it's like, you get warning after warning after warning. And now finally, I think that the reason why they called it on this particular game is because it's a national game. And also we're going into the playoffs. They do not want to have to make that call in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. it's just a little like yeah. you know, roll up the newspaper, hit him in the nose, Teach him what's wrong, and then he won't do it when the spotlight is the biggest. Because you do not want to have a Super Bowl influence yeah. by a false start penalty because a ball moved three inches. During covering glory, Toby Mergler and Brett Coromanos discuss Brett's super hot December in terms of betting and other future plays they like. Brett, it is that time of year. Good tidings and cheer are in my heart. Mariah Carey is perpetually in my ears. And you are back destroying sports books across America this December. You had another killer week. You are crushing it in December. How do you do this every single year? I actually, I was trying to think about this too, because you, you, when you brought it up on, on the other show, I was like, man, what about December like is different? And the only thing I can, I can picture is like, obviously, as you make fun of, I love my spreadsheets. And in December, we get this crazy congestion of matches, right? So it's like, if there's ever a time for data to be really consolidated and you get a bunch of run of games where like, things are a little bit stickier, it would be the month of December. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Where, you know, because we, we never really talk about this, but the Premier League season is long, man. Like we start yeah. in August, we end in May. And so like when you're talking about like trying to use acute like underlying numbers, you know, it feels like the teams that we see in August are never the ones that we actually see ending in May for the most part. Um, and so I'm wondering if like just the, the congestion in December kind of helps out with the way that I like look at the sport. 
I don't know. Whatever it is, keep doing it. I mean, not in the five pint against me. I guess I'm just going to buy you beer every December forever. That's going to be my Christmas present to you. But for the <laughs> listeners at home, I mean, this guy's red hot. Make sure that you're paying extra attention to his picks today. And Brett, you mentioned that fixture congestion. And we're going to do uh, something slightly different next week during the kind of that holiday week between Christmas and New Year. So this is the best time we have to take stock again of the league and look at the futures market because by the time we get back together and when we're having a deep dive into um, the Premier League collectively, it's going to be like mid-January because we're going to do something a little different next week and then they uh, have that week off. And by the time we come back, there's going to be what, like match day 22, I believe. And we're going to be like actually starting to look at the end of the season. So before we have that congestion, before the table starts sorting itself out and the market starts shaping accordingly, we want to get ahead of it. We want to look at bets to get down right now. What can you take advantage of? Where are the odds for the second half of the year? And obviously, we have to start at the very top, the thing that is the uh, highest bet market, the thing that gets the most attention, which is going to be who's going to win the league. And luckily, Brett, for what feels like the first time in forever, it is not, and I repeat, not a foregone conclusion given what we are seeing in the city results. So the uh, four most likely teams to win, according to the markets, are Manchester City plus 130, Arsenal plus 250, Liverpool plus 250, and then they have to be mentioned. If, if they're above City in the table halfway through the year, they have to get a mention. Aston Villa plus 1,400. So as I read out those four teams, Brett, which one immediately jumps to mind for you? Uh, city at a plus number. Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm the wor- I'm the worst. Uh, I'm the I'm the worst. I yeah. I mean, I think you and I are going to be on the same page on this. But um, I think I think one of our our favorite writers, uh, Ryan O'Hanlon, mentioned this in one of his pieces too when he was breaking down the top four race. You know, when you think about we we've we've kind of over discussed City over the years because they're always at the top. Like we never forget about them. And one of the things that I think Ryan pointed out in one of his pieces was like. You know, we don't we haven't really given credit for the fact that City's missed their, their what might be their best player for the entirety of the year. Like, so look at Liverpool without Mo Salah, uh, you know, look at at Arsenal without uh, William Salva or something like that. Like they're they're Those guys are huge central pieces to them. They've had them all season. City's missed maybe the best player in the Premier League for most years in Kevin De Bruyne. And the other thing, too, is like. De Bruyne is older. He's coming off this major injury. Like maybe he's not going to be the same player that he was when he comes back. He's still going to help. And and he's still a big part of it. And they've missed Howland. They've had some stretches with Rodri Gron. I, I, this is still the best team to me. I know they have a little bit of a point deficit. That's unusual at this point in the year, but like, this is still the best team. They're going to get their best players back. I don't know how you cannot take them at a plus number. Yeah, it's interesting. You're saying De Bruyne is the best player in the Premier League. I mean, I think that's clearly wrong. I think it's Haaland, but Haaland's on the same team. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have both of them, you're going to have them for the, for most of the second half because, like, that's the toughest thing about this. Like, obviously, when we do this during the preseason, you look at the best 11 and you end up assuming health. And then you kind of handicap it that way. Now that we are in this fixture congestion, now that we have had this injuries up and down, like you have a new set of data that you have to analyze. And for City, I think City's had fairly bad luck on that front, right? Like losing mm-hmm. to Bruno on basically opening day. Uh, as you mentioned, Rodri's been missing you through injury or suspension. And I think like Arsenal 
has had fairly good luck and Liverpool uh, similarly, right? Like it's not like Liverpool has lost Mo Salah, as you already mentioned, and they don't have anybody else except for maybe arguably Van Dyke. That is like, uh, well, or I guess Trent Alexander-Arnold, though you know my feelings about him, that if they went down, like it would be the impact of a De Bruyne injury because none of those, those guys seem to be available each and every week. So I, unfortunately, with you, this is going to be a shorter segment than I want it to be um, just because I rebet City this morning and I will rebet City every single week that they have this draw run until they're either like plus like 300 because there's enough separation that suddenly it's clear they're not going to win the league or they're like minus 150 because it went the other way. They ran off five straight victories. Arsenal and Liverpool finally uh, their spots started showing up a little bit more and City before we know it is six points clear again. Yeah, and I mean, you you mentioned a good point about Arsenal too. I'm pretty sure, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Arsenal pretty much started their preferred starting eleven last week in the middle of December and all this run. Like that's that's like crazy. But it was, you know, I mean, obviously you can <laughs> quibble about whether Havertz should be in their preferred starting eleven. Yeah. But you know, it's Havertz, Wrights, Odegaard, and then they had their preferred front line of Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. Uh, I think Ben White was back in, in the in the ba- uh, back line as well. So like they had their guys in yep. right and no other team at, at this point can really say that they have everybody healthy and available um and so that's a big deal i mean again it's you know i mentioned salvo just because he has such an outsized impact i think on arsenal's defense but you know imagine arsenal missing soccer for the entirety of this year imagine liverpool missing that Trent alexander arnold or most salah like it's just city has not been operating on the same playing field and and i think we're always hypercritical of them because they've been at the top so far but just the fact that Arsenal had their preferred 11 and no other team can pretty much say that at this point, like that's a huge disparity between the two as far as luck goes. And let's stop down for a quick break here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And to round out this best of Will Brinson, a regular in minus three, joins Dave Damashek, and they discuss the small group of teams they actually believe could win the Super Bowl this year. Who can win the Super Bowl? Who can go to the Super Bowl? It is the Chiefs. It's the Dolphins. It's the Ravens, period, right? We, we've boiled it down to that. There is no path for anyone other than those teams, Jake Browning might get in. Josh Allen might get in. They're not going to win three. No, in a I think row, the Bills. The, the Bills can win. The Bills really can go to so? the Super Bowl. You yeah, really I think that you. they can do? I, I get that this is exciting and and all of that. And Josh Allen's putting on a show. Here's, you really think that they can? I know that they fit that. That oh, I want to play them, and I agree. But they're not going to win three in a row on the road. See, you as a fan of this, as a fan of the Steelers, should know better than this. The 05 Steelers, Brian McFadden mentioned this when we were on CBS Sports HQ the other day. He's like, in 2005, we start week 13, we started treating it like it was the playoffs. And sure. I think that I think that's where the Bills are. Now, here's Shaq. I think what's happened in the last like five to 10 years is we haven't seen one of these wildcard teams with the elite quarterback who can just elevate the, his play and take over an entire, like Flacco did it. 
Big Ben did it. Uh, Rogers did it. Eli did it twice. Like things have changed. Things have changed. I, I really do I, think that things have changed I, I agree. in the last five to ten years. You can't do that. the 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 margin is so narrow now. Yes, that it's all about getting that number one seed and playing one less game. That I mean, it really it's a shame, but that's where where it is. Right, now. but I don't think that the one seed the one seed is different if it's not Kansas City to me. I think that the Patriots and the and the and the and the Chiefs had a, a headlock on the one seed for so long. That we just sort of that 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 sort of changed the way that we viewed it. Tom Brady's gone now, so there's a, the, the Mahomes is weakened at least this year because it, it's not going to go through. And look, Mahomes can win the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I think people discounting the Chiefs are insane, but um, I, I also think that you know you have a situation where, the, like, I think this is the way that this AFC is set up, where you have Baltimore, very good team, but I mean like beatable um you have miami who hasn't yeah, right. been a team with, right. hadn't been a team with a winning record the chiefs beatable this year jaguars beatable flacco browning Minshew right now and, and like if josh allen steals one of those spots he can run through that group i think man you're kind of right about that okay you're talking me into it 